and welcome to another episode of the Prop Swap Podcast. We are your hosts, Ian Epstein and Luke Pergandy. And we are also the founders of PropSwap, the first marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We've got a, another great episode for you. Uh, going to preview the NBA playoffs, which start this week. Uh, going to go over some of the regular season awards uh, and all of the uh, the sales and activity that's been going on the past couple weeks uh, that we've been too busy to, to, to talk about with uh, college basketball and the Masters. Uh, but first, I thought we would start with the uh, aforementioned Masters recap. Uh, John Rahm uh, taking it down, beating Brooks Kepka. Um, and uh, it really wasn't that close down the end, but it was you know certainly close uh, heading into the the restarted third round and and the fourth round. Rom was back. Uh, he started the you know that that restarted third round by four strokes, and then when the start of the fourth round, he was down by two strokes. Uh, but you know Brooks just could not um, put up a, a decent number to to hang with them. So um, what were your kind of some of your takeaways from uh, from the weekend? Oh, I hated it because John and Ryan went to ASU. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, he's incredible. Um, we, you know, briefly touched on him last week and the the likes section of golfers that we liked last week. Um, so hopefully, people listen to that. Um, we'll also, about- shout out, shout, sorry, but shout out to uh, one of our employees who uh, you know comes up with the newsletter, and uh, you know he had to pick three golfers to uh, of tickets that were for sale to choose from, and. Two, one was John Rahm, the other one was Brooks Kepka, and then the other was uh, was Scheffler. So sh- shout out to uh, to Nick, uh, one of our uh, props employees, for for picking the, the the top two guys. Yeah, no, seriously. I mean, you know, Rahm, you know, was the three guys at the top. Rahm, Rory, and Scheffler were all below um, double digits, so both all around were like seven to one. Those three, so um, you got to pick one to be correct, and then. Um, you know, Brooks, Brooks was, uh, we, I do a radio show in Chicago with Mike North and this guy, Carmen DeFalco and Mike North said he got, uh, Brooks at 70 to one. Uh, he didn't find them at those odds last week. He was around 45 to one at FanDuel, uh, last week, but, uh, clearly was at 70 to one, you know, earlier this year. Yeah. Um, I think there was a lot of doubt about the live guys, um, and just, you know, a lack of kind of competitive, 72 round, you know, golf, uh, the live is, you know, 54 holes, it's teams, it's, you know, I mean, just guys that are just getting huge paychecks. Uh, and so, uh, I think the prove kind of prove those doubters wrong. I mean, Phil Mickelson, like the oldest guy to ever finish top five, uh, at the masters, um, Brooks obviously, you know, came pretty close to, to, to winning it. Um, I, I don't know if you had anyone in your life who was actively rooting against Brooks because of the, the live thing. Um, but I, I heard from some people in my life that were like, they were just rooting for any, you know, rooting for hard rooting for Ron because they, they did not want to see a, a live guy win. Yes. Um, I would generally, this is generalization. This is not uh, a potential depiction of the whole population, but the younger guys are rooting for the live guys. And then the, the older generation is kind of anti live. Um, so yes, definitely finishing the masters on Easter Sunday at my lake house with my stepdad and grandpa, you know, 86, 65. Uh, yes. They were both pretty anti Brooks. I was, I was rooting for Brooks. I um, totally get the money thing. You know, my counter to the money thing with where lives money comes from is look like Exxon gets a ton of their profits from, um, from Saudi Arabia and the middle East. And they, they, they have a tour event, <laughs> like the shell, the Exxon event or the shell event. I forget which one it is, but, PGA Tour gets plenty of uh, of profits from the Middle East as well. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Agreed. One of the people who was, I know was rooting for, you know, a, not a live guy to win was, was my father as well. Who was, who's uh, in his, uh, in his sixties. So um, I think agreed with you there. Um, but look, I mean, I, I honestly, I would have been happy for, for either of them. I think, I think they're both. Um, John Robson. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that, that, uh, that I noticed in them when I was talking to my dad, he, he also noticed it was, um, again, this, and this happened pretty early on on Sunday, uh, when they were finishing the, the third round, Victor Hovland had a birdie putt on 18 that just barely missed. And if Hovland had made that putt, he would have been in the final pairing with Brooks, not Rom. And you kind of wonder what the you know sliding doors effect of that is because, yeah. uh, as I'm sure most people know, uh, and, I, and I got the staff for you right here, before Sunday, eight of the last nine Masters winners have come from that final pairing. Rom made that nine of ten, and so you know there's something about being in that in that final pairing where like it just you just feel like it's mano y mano, and, and you, you know you're not really uh, worried about the rest of the field, and obviously you know that. You know, you got to put up a like. You see what everyone's doing, and you're going to have the kind of the last chance at it. Um, and so, I I do I do wonder if if Hovland had made that putt and he's in that final pairing, maybe Brooks is more like, oh, I can take this guy, you know, like, mm-hmm. and maybe there's less of an intimidation factor with for Brooks totally. you know, playing alongside Hovland than than alongside Rom, who's just a beast of a of a guy. Totally, yeah, it's a great good catch. Um, yeah, I'm sure to your point, like John Rom's. What second second best player in the world right now next to Scheffler? So, uh, yeah, there's intimidation factor for sure. Like every shot, you're thinking a little bit more about when playing against a guy like that versus a uh, you know a young Norwegian kid. Not that not that Rom's old, but a young Norwegian kid from um, you know that hasn't had as nearly as much success as John Rom. I could totally see that. No, uh, yeah, no major and you know no no real significant victories. And I, w- I would say like just the physical stature of Ron yeah. is like is intimidating too. I mean, yeah, like he's, a he's, he's, a, he's a big dude. Little, um, little belly on him. Uh, yeah. And Brooks, Brooks will his belly will go on and off. He was he called himself. He's like, I uh, said something. His girlfriend or fiance Jenna Sims was like, "Do you want this for dinner?" He's like, "My fat ass doesn't need that." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think she's like baking or something. Yeah, he's um, not. He's not fat, but he he just looks chunkier because his arms are swole. Yeah, well, he he did this like 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 a body issue or something. I mean, he he's done like men's health before. He so he's gotten ripped, but like that's obviously that's a very hard thing to to keep up. So um, he does have that have that in him. Um, but you know, just on the on the on the prop swipe side of things, uh, just a fantastic Masters overall. Uh, you know, going on uh, for for the customers. Um, I tweeted this uh a sale out um i'm kind of going off, off the head here but um on thursday uh, a customer purchased a brooks kepka ticket for 160 dollars and it collected a little over 2200 dollars purchased it for 160 on thursday and then in between the third and fourth round on sunday he flipped it for 1100 dollars so it turned six uh 160 into 1100 and the buyer got uh like even money odds around around there, and Brooks was minus one ten. So the buyer did get uh, better odds than all the sports books, and that that customer, you know, obviously made a, a guarantee. What like nine, you know, eight fifty, nine hundred. Um, and it's funny, you know, there were some people who were like, "Why would you sell the leader?" You know, uh, the guy's guy's got two, you know, two shot lead, and it's just like. A because it's golf and anything can happen, and B because he can. Guess what? There are plenty of other Brooks Kepka tickets up for sale right now. So if he wants to take some of the eleven hundred, buy a couple more Brooks tickets, uh, he can absolutely do that. Um, I mean, and and just the crazy crazy amount of activity going on during the rounds, right? Would would you say in, uh, on PropSwap? 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we recounted, uh, we have a, we hired a gal that's, um, better on the eyes than, than you or myself. I'm speaking, I'm speaking for you, I, but, uh, here, but, uh, she recounted a sale on our Instagram, um, you know, talking about how this guy sold and bought a $200 Brooks ticket and he sold it for 4,200, um, going into the weekend. And, you know, some people are like, nah, like I wouldn't sell that. And I'm just like, <laughs> there's so much golf left to be played. Like it's, it's anyone can take this thing. And, um, Again, take forty two hundred dollars and take two thousand of that and go rebet Brooks. Like, put two grand in your pocket. Like, everyone that bet on Brooks that didn't sell their bet on props, so I made zero dollars this weekend. Yeah, and you know maybe if Brooks was you know Brooks was in first and the guy in second was just some you know was like Sam Bennett you know or like you know someone mm-hmm. who we just never heard of. But but then again, it's like the odds would have been reflective of that, and, yes. and there still would have been opportunity to. Um, to uh you know a better opportunity to sell um but you know people don't realize like a the guy you have a bet on could just lose it right i mean he could just you know put start putting balls in the water and you know three three putting and you have to factor in that some guy some other guy another group could be making some crazy run so it's just like there are so many different variables uh that you have to account for uh when when betting golf and it's just like if i'm presented with an opportunity to make a couple hundred, couple thousand dollars guaranteed. It's just like, that's, that's what I'm doing it for, man. I'm, I'm doing it to, to make some money. Um, so, and you know, people are going to move on to the next tournament and no one's going to remember that you, you know, held on if you held on to your Brooks ticket and won. Um, but moving on. Um, so March man is behind us, Mash is behind us, but guess what? The sports calendar does not stop because we are going to be right into NBA playoffs and then quickly soon after NHL playoffs. <clears throat> and so I uh, just thought, you know, just a little, just a little uh, nugget of information that kind of came to my mind. Um, didn't hear this from anyone else, but I was thinking about it because I remember when we started prop swap, like it was just a thing that, the NBA was going to be two teams or three teams. Like you basically knew who was going to be in the finals. I mean, one of our first years of Proswap was when, you know, the Warriors started the season at minus money. Like they were minus 110 to win the championship, like in, in November, October, November, which is just, uh, that's always just, you know, a house of horrors for us in terms of, um, you know, the amount of tickets that we can sell and the customers we can provide to. But that has changed over the last couple of years. And, and I'm very happy to, to report in the last five seasons, a long shot has made it to at least the conference finals. Uh, and I apologize. I don't have like their exact odds in front of me, but I guarantee you each one of these teams, I'm going to name you, were double-digit long shots to, to, to win the conference finals. I'm not even talking about the NBA finals. They were double-digit favorites to win the conference finals. So last year, 2022, the Mavericks as a four-seed, uh, obviously, the of course, the upset the Suns, and they reached the conference finals uh, against the Warriors. 2021, the Hawks reached the, the the Eastern Conference Finals as a five seed. Of course, that was the uh, the, the the memorable uh, Ben Simmons game where they beat. You know, Ben Simmons didn't want to make a layup, and I, and I was uh, there. <laughs> yeah, I was at the game seven. <laughs> yeah, and so uh, that so they beat they beat the the Sixers and and went on to lose to the Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals. 2020, the bubble season. Um, the the Heat as a five seed. Um, uh, obviously they, they made it to the finals. Uh, so so the even won the conference finals, but they were a huge long shot entering the 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 playoffs. And then 2019, the Trailblazers as a three seed. And which I realize a three seed doesn't sound that that big of a long shot, but like that was 
peak Warriors. Um, and you know, I think they better got swept in the Western Conference Finals. But my point here, though, is that like if if you have a long, a, a double digit ticket on a team to win the conference and they make it to the conference finals, you stand to make a bunch of money, right? So um, I just kind of want to put that notice out there that like this doesn't necessarily need to be the the, the favorites, you know, head, uh, heading in, you know. To bet here, I think you can find a lot of value uh, on uh, on a long shot team, um, and there's a as we've seen, there's a very decent chance that at least one long shot will make it to the final four. Yep. Um, so just three more quick nuggets that we talk about uh, all the time. Last year, Celtics were a hundred to one. They go to the NBA Finals, lose. Year before that, Phoenix Suns, 100 to 1, go to the NBA Finals, lose. Year before that, Miami Heat, 80 to 1, go to the NBA Finals, lose. <laughs> like, this literally is like clockwork in the NBA playoffs. So, um, I hope people have got some bets down as the season's rolled along. Uh, of course, the playoffs begin this week. There's still plenty of time. So, get involved. There's a ton of cash to be made. This is not going to, it's never predictable. We just rattle off seven teams um, in the past four years that all made a run that you could have profited on. So, Yeah. Um, you don't need to pick the winner. You just need to pick a team that, that's going to exceed expectations. And for some of these teams, I mean, like the Kings, they're 50 to one right now. Like if they win a couple series, uh, which they've all they've done this season is win, um, you know, there, there's might be made there again, just need to get to, you know, win, win a couple series and, uh, and you're in the green. Um but, you know, I'm sure there'll be more playoff talk coming uh, in stake or swap. I know we both have uh, some NBA teams we want to talk about there. Um, but as the regular season has wrapped up, I thought I would talk about a couple of uh, uh, sales involving these these awards uh, that we haven't really gotten to because we've just been so busy with March Madness and the Masters. Um, and so it's, it's some of these are, are, are fascinating. Uh, and, you know, these have been... Are- Sorry to interrupt you. Markets are off the board for all of these, correct? Markets are, yeah, because yeah. so uh, the the regular season ended Sunday. The votes are due Monday, so they they make these they make people turn in the votes pretty quickly. Which I get. It's like, look, you've had six months yeah. to to come to this decision. Like, you know, you should you don't need more than twenty four hours. You know, after you, know, you yeah. shouldn't be weighing game eighties eighty one and eighty two like you know some some greater amount. But as I've always said, any sport when it comes to these MVP awards narrative counts and there's there is definitely some recency bias uh and and when i talk about narrative in the context of the nba mvp and obviously the top three favorites are Giannis, Jokic, and Embiid. two of those three have won it already in recent years one guy hasn't and you know i i do think that uh Embiid uh is probably going to win and part of it is you know if all things are equal it's like well let's let's give it to the guy who uh who hasn't won yet? Um, but that was not always the case. I mean, this has been a roller coaster um, of an award all season long. I think all three guys were favored, uh, the favorites at one point or another. But I, uh, I thought this sale kind of stuck out to me. So a two hundred and thirty-three dollar ten to one Embiid MVP ticket was placed uh, at DraftKings in November. The original better sold it on PropSwap on March twenty seventh for eight seventy five. So. Original better makes it for two thirty three, sells it for eight seventy five. Then two days later, that customer resold it for twelve eighty. So he made four hundred bucks. And then on uh, this past Thursday, and it kind of got lost in the mix with uh, the first or the math- masters going on. On Thursday, the customer who paid twelve eighty resold it for twenty three hundred dollars. If the ticket wins, 
it will collect $2,563. So that means the last buyer paid $2,300 to net $263, which is odds of minus $875. Um, and look, I don't care how confident you are. And I know you say this all the time. I don't care how confident you are. If you can sell a ticket at minus eight seventy five, you you take that. And and because it's like you don't have to wait until you know what late May, early June that they're they're probably going to announce it. So um, yeah, so that was three different sales uh, with each customer making money. You know, four different owners of this ticket in each made money along the way. Yeah, and I mean, look, like if if everyone's in agreement, you know us two and the buyer, let's say, are in agreement, the odds makers, of course, that Embiid's a lock. Like, that buyer just made 10% on his money, and you say it gets announced in June? They've been vague about it. It'll, it'll probably be good. Uh, it's like they're going back to the the old days where they would announce it, like, during the playoffs, like, not, like, some award show or whatever. So I think it'll be, like, mid to late May, probably. Okay, so let, let's just say 60 days or, you know, 50 days. He's making 10% of his money in 50 days. Like, I came from the finance world a long time ago now, eight years ago. But, like, the entire finance industry scratches and claws, the trillion dollar industry scratches and claws for 7% a year. And this guy is making 10% in, you know, a sixth, one-sixth of a year. Um, so totally get it from both sides. Seller can lock in so much cash on something that like is probably going to happen. And then the buyer gets 10% of his money. It's just, it's a win-win for both sides. It's the beauty of a marketplace. And um, yet again, you know, like that's why I started this conversation by asking these markets are off the board, right? So like we're the only place you can be buying and selling these anymore. I know yeah. this happened before the season ended, but you know, we're it. Well, yeah. And, and that's the thing I was going to say is that like, this ticket sold like on Thursday morning. It's like, there was still a couple more games left. I mean, like this was, this race was so neck and neck that it's like, I don't know. I mean, God forbid, like what if Joel Embiid, you know, punched, a, you know, punched someone, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. uh, which obviously, which did happen. There were yeah. some people who punched uh, teammates. And so it's like, if, if Embiid just did something in the last couple of games that like turned everyone off, it's like, again, this, these are hu humans are voting on this award. Right. So it's like, um, you know, I, I, to eliminate any of that potential risk um, and just to get the cash now and reinvest it in some other stuff. Like, yeah. uh, I think all parties should be happy there. Um, and then kind of the other major award that's been selling and just a roller coaster of odds all season long uh, has been the defensive player of the year, which honestly is it's not one of my least favorite awards, but it's, it is so hard. To, it's so hard to quantify. Right. Because it's like, I mean. They're, they've gotten better with like the some of these like advanced stats, but like it's not something where you, you know points, you know assists, you know what your plus minus is. Like those are kind of easy things to to comprehend, but like you can't look at defensive player in terms of like just blocks and steals. Like it's it's more so like how the team does, and you know, um, I don't know there's just a bunch of other stuff you can you know, and like now they're tracking like shot like deflections, you know, like or, like how are you like affecting the shot, uh, and so um, for. The vast majority of the season, it's been basically been a two-man race uh, between Jaron Jackson III on the Grizzlies and Brooke Lopez on the Bucks. Um, Bucks obviously best record uh, in in the league and, and one of the best defenses. Um, and so, but we've been selling way more of the the, the Triple J tickets. Uh, and so, again, this is another sale that stood out to me. And I'm not gonna trying to rattle through these because this same Jaron Jackson ticket sold. Um, five different times. November 15th, the bet was made $70 at 49 to one odds. January 8th, 
sold for 1600 February 14th, sold for 1935 February 23rd, sold for 2000 Then March 24th, sold for 819 March 26th, sold for 1025 So this is literally like, like, a, like a bell curve in terms of, in terms of uh, sale prices. Uh, mm. Five different sales on PropSwap for this one singular ticket. The last buyer got odds of plus 240. Now, on the last day of the season, Jackson closed as a minus 280 favorite. So you would say that is a fantastic value, right, to get plus 240 on, on someone who closed minus 280. And, and it is value. However, I thought I would note that I was listening to the Bill Simmons, Ryan Rosilla podcast, which they recorded on Sunday night, both of whom have have votes on, on all these awards. And they were kind of going through the, the who they had to win each award. And they both independently said they were voting for Evan Mobley. And they basically noted that Jackson did not play enough games. And when he did play games, he was only averaging like 30 minutes a game or something like that. Like, like he doesn't, he's not on the court the entire game. And so it's like, yeah, I mean, if, if you're not playing all the games and you're not playing full games, you can, you know, put more effort out. And then they said that they weren't voting for Brooke Lopez because Brooke, Brooke Lopez has only has good numbers because he's playing behind Giannis and Drew Holiday. Um, and that like, that's the only reason why he, he has these good, you know, defensive uh, metrics. Um, but then, and they talked about Evan Mobley. And so it got me thinking like, well, wait, what was Evan Mobley's odds? Because all I've been hearing about is, is triple J and, and, and Brooke Lopez. Mobley was 65 to one last month and 32 to one on Sunday morning. Like the last day of the season, Mobley was 32 to one to win defensive player of the year. So uh, again, we won't know the answer for uh, about six weeks, but um, I mean, just a crazy, you know, to see one ticket sell five times, but then also it's like two guys with votes talking about a guy who was 32 to one on the last day of the season is also kind of a kind of raises some eyebrows. Totally. That's an absolutely wild award. Um, I had no idea that Bill Simmons and Russell were voting for that guy. That's super relevant that, you know, two guys who also have a platform um, are voting for Evan Mobley, who was 32 to one on the closing date. Um, and then going back to the Jaron Jackson sale, I mean, that first guy who turned the $70 into 1600 in like two and a half months, that's 22 X your money. He had a 22 to one winner in under three months. I mean, that's, that's incredible. So, um, good job to all those people. It seems like the the guy that, that did the worst job was buying it for two thousand and selling it for eight hundred. Yeah, uh, took a took a bath there, but such as marketplaces. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, exactly. I mean, and we 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 use this analogy all the time when we explain prop swap to you know to people. But it's like it's like not every sale is is for a profit. Yeah. I, some people it's like I'd rather lose you know uh, twelve hundred dollars than two thousand dollars, right? And uh, and also another thing I hear, I hear from customers, I don't know if you hear the two where it's like, they will sell tickets at a loss because they're like, I don't even want to look at it. <laughs> like yeah. like it, it brings back bad. It's like, it's like somehow it's like bringing bad. Imagine, you know, imagine you had, you know, I, I know people who are su so superstitious that like, you know, they had the collection of the paper tickets, you know, they would go to the book, make tickets. And like, if, if one lost, they would get that ticket out of there because they didn't want that losing ticket touching the other mm. potential winning tickets. And so it's like, uh, so sometimes I feel like guys will sell tickets, um, at lower than they could probably get for them because it's just bad juju, like sitting in their account. They didn't even see it, want to see it anymore. Could completely see that anytime I see, you know, I don't know, like a 
a bet on University of Arizona in my DraftKings account or a bet on, you know, the Bulls. I'm sure the Bulls will be losing within 48 hours of this podcast getting released. So stuff like that, I could totally see that. Just get, I'd, I'd sell that Bulls bet for three bucks. And but, but just a side note, that is one of the things that does kind of tick me off about uh, these sportsbook apps. And it's, it's not just Colorado. It's the same thing in, in Nevada. They don't, when they don't settle all they settle all the bets at the same time and they don't do so until the event is over so when i make you know bets on 10 different teams to to win march madness and they all get eliminated at some point i'm i'm staring at those things up until you know yukon wins it and it's like again it's like i i don't want to, these these are all bad memories why am i still looking mm-hmm. at them um and yeah. versus props up where once the once the team's out that thing is completely removed from uh, from from your account yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, yeah, I've certainly made my fair share of bad stock decisions, and you know, once you sell it, it's gone. Um, so I, I get the logic there. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, that will conclude the, uh, the the player awards. But yeah, I mean, uh, kind of to your point, you can still be buying and selling player awards on PropSwap, the only place you can do so. Uh, now, I mean, look, we'll see if you know rumors start flying and that'll get people going. Uh, I would love to come back on this podcast next week and talk about a huge Evan Mobley ticket sale. Uh, I'm a little bummed that we, I don't have any cool Evan Mobley tickets or sales to talk about, but um, it will be interesting to see if, if that, if that thing picks up steam, right. Yeah, Based super on that intriguing. So, um, you know, again, and, and there's a ton of people who vote. So just because two guys vote for the same guy does not any, you know, uh, it's not like they're two of 10 votes. It's like thousands. Um, but I think it's that time of the episode to get into a little steak or swap. First up, we'll be talking about uh, Jaron Jackson's team, the uh, the Memphis Grizzlies, currently twenty four to one to win the NBA Finals. Uh, that is at FanDuel. Uh, I will go first. I am staking the Grizzlies. Um, I feel like I'm I'm pulling a, a Luke here uh, when the first reason I'm going to give is that is just the discrepancy between what the Grizzlies are at FanDuel versus other books. They're 24 to one at FanDuel, but 16 to one at MGM and 16 to one at Barstool. So just that just jumps off the page uh, immediately. Um, but the other thing that that jumped off the page to me was looking at the difference between. Um, Teams odds to win the finals versus teams odds to win the conference. And look, uh, everyone is in agreement that the Eastern, the top of the Eastern Conference is better than the Western Conference. But some of this stuff is crazy. The the Grizzlies are seven to one to win the West and twenty four to one to win the finals, which is basically telling you that like they would be this huge underdog in the NBA Finals if they played the the Bucks or the Celtics. But I don't think that's the case. And it's not just the Grizzlies. I mean, the the Nuggets are three to one to, to win the West, but ten to one to win the finals. So. I think there is a lot of value to be found on some of these Western conference teams, because um, I don't think they will be a huge dog to, to whoever comes out of the East. Um, the Grizzlies are on the other side of the bracket from the Suns, and the Nuggets, which are the two best teams in the West. They're 13 and five in the last 18 games. And it feels like the whole world is on the Lakers, who is probably going to be their first round opponent. And that always just makes me, it's, that just kind of makes me nervous when everyone is like, Oh, you know, be, be worried of the Lakers, um, you know, which Lakers could easily lose to the Timberwolves uh, in the playing game. Uh, so, but we'll see. But, uh, but yeah, for those reasons, I am staking the Grizzlies at 24 to one. 
All right. Um, I am going to swap the Grizzlies. Uh, I What I would do with the Grizzlies is buy them at 24 to 1 right now and sell it on PropSwap at 16 to 1 odds. I didn't realize that that was that large of a discrepancy. We have plenty of people in California, in Florida, in uh, Texas where they don't have access to FanDuel. So um, that's what I'd be doing. If someone has access to FanDuel, go make a $30 bet, mark it up to 54 three dollars and get that thing posted on prop swap because that that shouts a prop swap special if the odds are that disparate from one book to another um but you know i'm not a basketball savant but concerns about john morant obviously he was all over the news 60 days ago um concerns a little bit about their offense you know i was looking at their their main scores it seems to be triple j is like their second highest scorer like it's either yeah, well, or... the the half had some uh, some injuries. Well, another one of their key players uh, did get hurt, but yeah, I mean Triple J and, and John Morant are are kind of the the two main pieces of that team. Yeah, yeah. So just a little bit concerned on offense there. Um, I have a couple friends, and there's many Lakers tickets out there, obviously because they are a very public team. But a couple of friends here in Chicago, they on December second made a four hundred dollar bet on the Lakers to win the NBA Finals at a hundred and fifty to one. Um, that would collect 60 grand. The Lakers can pull this off. So certainly rooting for them. Um, agree with Ian that you can make some money on the Grizzlies. I would just bet the Grizzlies 24 to one on FanDuel and get that thing posted on prop slot. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, I was debating between the Grizzlies and the Nuggets. I also think that like, again, the fact that the Nuggets are three to one to win the West, but 10 to one or 11 to one to win the finals. It's like, that just shouts betting them, just putting a, a future on them to, to win the finals. Because again, I do not think a team like the Nuggets would somehow be a, you know, a plus 240 dog against the Bucks or the, or the Celtics, especially after you've seen them win three playoff series. So um, I, you know, not married to the Grizzlies, but I, that was the one that stood the most, but I think there's some other value to be found uh, in the Western conference. Um Next team we'll talk about is the 76ers. Um, you are currently wearing a Phillies hat. Uh, they are, so they are 10 to 1 to, to win the finals. Um, so, Luke, let me get your unbiased opinion. Uh, are you staking or swapping uh, the Sixers? Yeah, I couldn't find I have like a really wild uh, actual 76ers hat. I'm just wearing a Philadelphia Phillies hat um, to rep my former um, residence, Southern New Jersey, Atlantic City, going to a bunch of Philadelphia sports games. I am biased. I am definitely biased on this team. I liked Joel Embiid before moving there, but certainly after spending four years from now and just seeing a bunch of games in person, like he's the man. I, I'll be very happy if he wins MVP. But the, to Ian's point earlier, my math is this. Sixers are 10 to 1 odds, and their second-round opponent is the Celtics. They are plus 325. So if, I, if you're saying, all right, let's give – Let's give Luke, you know, two point eight times more amount on his more return on his investment over the Celtics. When I think that series, the Celtics, Celtics will be favored. I'd think to be like minus one fifty series price. Um, you know, it's not a coin flip, but close. Like I'll take the Sixers just because the Celtics are a better basketball team. But if I'm getting almost three times more return on my money instead of Boston, I'll take Philly. Um. Fair points. I am going to swap the Sixers. Um, as much as I do want to see Embiid win, um, the the James Harden thing in the playoffs, I just I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, yeah. And he just always seems to um, just 
what you know, the thing that works in the regular season does not work in a best of seven playoff series. Like that, that kind of heliocentric. I mean, same thing with Embiid. Embiid has the ball in his hand all the time, and just that type of style of play doesn't usually does not work. Uh, where it's like, okay, just you know, end the shot clock, give it to the one guy, and let him cook. Like versus mm-hmm. running a play, so that makes me a little nervous. They were hot, uh, you know, in to begin March, uh, but then kind of went on a little skid, losing three games in a row at Golden State at Phoenix, at Denver, I, I get you could say, like, oh, those are all road games or whatever, but, like, also kind of got smoked by Milwaukee. Um, so just I, I just don't see them. I, I think they'll beat Brooklyn, but, like, you know, I just, I don't know. I, I'll i believe it when I see it. I mean, if anyone I think could make a sneaky run, maybe it's the Cavs in the East. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I don't know. I feel like Boston could have Philly's number. Um, so uh, for yeah. those reasons, I'm, I'm swapping the, the Sixers. Yeah, tons more analysis on the NBA to come in, in, in next week and you know the rest of April and May. So stay tuned. I'll study up some more. I usually don't get super into NBA basketball until the playoffs. But again, I love NBA playoff basketball. Um, NBA regular season, not as exciting to me, but I think NBA playoffs are fun. And and you love the the two days off in between some of the games, yeah? <laughs> don't get me started on how long the NBA playoffs take. Oh, my God. It's like a three-month journey to crown this thing. Yeah. Um, and, and it's weird. They're starting before the NHL, which maybe they're like, yeah, cause it takes so long. We need to start this thing, uh, before the NHL does, but, um, but yeah, much, much more, uh, NBA analysis to come as well as NHL when those get started. So, uh, thank you so much for listening uh, to this week's episode. Please make sure to subscribe, uh, leave us a rating. We would love to hear your feedback and we will talk to you next week.